Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Reggae Lover Podcast, Khalil Wanda in the building. And this is Agard. What up, people? Yeah, man. We're inside of the second episode night right now of the eighth season of Reggae Lover Podcast. So definitely want to shout out to all the listeners. Big up to NiceUpRadio.com. Everybody tuned in live on that platform. Yeah, man, and big up to everybody listening all across the world on all digital streaming platforms. No doubt, no doubt. Today's topic is another top five. We're counting down our top five selectors of all time in reggae, dancehall, juggling, and sound clash. Mm-hmm. That's the complete title, but you know what I mean? <laughs> we just abbreviated as top five selectors. Yeah, man. You see, I'm going to put it in the intro, so I'm not for ask what it is. You know what I'm saying? I already said, <laughs> said what it is. Yeah, man. So we came up with this one because, as you know, we did the top five songs already. Mm-hmm. And while we're coming up with that list, you know, both of us kind of felt like, yo, we didn't want to put, like, you know, certain people in there. I think Radigan was the first one that got mentioned. <laughs> Because, you know, obviously he's a sound system, yes, Ray Ray, but, you know, he more, I think, technically could be viewed more as a selector. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for some reason, Radigan doesn't, like, he's, it, it, it is Radigan, David Radigan. It's an entity, but it's not really a sound system, you know? Exactly. None of his dubs say Radigan sound or nothing like that. Yeah. Nor does he own a sound system. Mm-hmm. So, based off these factors, you know what I mean, um, hopefully you get the point. We're going to get into it. Um, so, we actually, I separated my list um, between Clash and Juggling. So, I actually have two top fives. Mm, okay. Are we on the same page with that, Agard? Um, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you would give me a break and just have one top five, but yeah, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll come out with. I mean, we could do that. Ten we could names. Do that. <laughs> I'll come up with ten names, I guess. Yeah, I think it's better to do it that way because, um, and the reason I say that is because we're big Clash fans, but I feel like that's more of a niche mm-hmm. and more globally speaking, people you know are familiar with selectors for juggling. You know what I'm saying? Okay. In terms of the like frequency of events or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like 10 to 1. <laughs> so what happens if, or, or do you have somebody that's on both lists? That's a good question. <laughs> somebody could be on both lists. Okay. All right. And, and I'm drinking this, you know, it, it's morning time and, I never had this before, but you know what I'm saying? I didn't have any like sparkling, you know what I'm saying? Nothing with a sparkle, you know what I mean? No Prosecco, I'm saying champagne. So I just put the, the Riesling with the orange juice. You know what I mean? I don't know what you call that. Is that a thing? Um, Well, Riesling with the orange juice, that's a lot of sugar. I don't know if there's a name I mean, for that. It's good, yo. No, it's I'm good. sure it's good. I, I don't know if there's a name for that, though. <laughs> Yeah, man. Breakfast of champions. All right. So speaking of champions, you want to do clash first or juggling first? 
Um, let's do Clash first. Okay. All right. Well, since you're not prepared, you can start. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll go. I'll go first. Man. Yeah. Um. So my top selector or first selector in the top five I'm gonna list is Trupa. Okay. Ricky Trupa, formerly the selector that brought Kilimanjaro to its renewed fame in the 1990s. Kilimanjaro Foundation Sound, I think they were in business like 30, 35 years at that point. And, you know, Trupa had been around the sound for a while. You know what I'm saying? I believe he wanted to be a DJ, like performing songs and stuff around the sound mm -hmm. originally. And, you know, came up through the ranks, took hold of the sound early to mid nineties. He went on a killing spree and killed off most of the sounds in Jamaica, had many battles with the notorious sounds like Bass Odyssey, Black Cat, etc. Um, and toured the world doing the same, you know, all the world clashes, all the death before the signers and, you know, all those stages, you know, Trooper was on them. Was, was on there, um, and of course the history dance, Jaro versus Addies, and yeah, Ricky Trupa pioneered a lot of things in terms of the dub voicing studio, and you know, the way he cut dubs, cut dubs for a lot of other sounds as well, <clears throat> and um, it's credited with busting artists like Sizzla, Luciano, uh, was a big uh, Contributor to the career of Beanie Man. I wouldn't say he bust Beanie Man, but you know what I'm saying? He helped Beanie Man maintain relevance in that hardcore arena at one point when Bounty Killer was the biggest artist in that arena. And there was a feud between Trooper and Bounty at the time. So, you know, he used Beanie Man counteractions to go against other sounds who were loaded with Bounty Killer. And, you know what I'm saying? He was actually successful um, and victorious with that a good bit. So... That, that's my top right there okay so um this this list I, i'm gonna make my default statement you know a little bit late but better than never so if this was uh a, like who who's the most well regarded amongst the population of uh dancehall clash listeners you know, Trooper would be on my list, but for me personally, Trooper is not on my list, you know? Okay. Um, I never, I never really, you know what I'm saying? I respect his, his ability to cut dubs, you know what I'm saying? But for some reason, uh, Trooper never really resonated with me, you know, very con controversial statement there, but it's the truth for me nonetheless. And originally when we spoke about this list, you know, I, I thought like, yo, I'm going to do living only, but I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? If, we, if we're going all time, you know what I'm saying? My my first selection would have to be Squingy from the Bass Odyssey crew. You know what I'm saying? And, okay. um, you know, I always respected Squingy. However, um, I just thought he was a very talented selector, MC, you know, just an all-around, you know, um, all-star in the sound business. However, you know, after he passed away, you know, a lot of people were saying he, they regarded, regarded him as like the best. Right. And I was like, yeah, he's good. He's very good. You know what I'm saying? The whole base Odyssey camp is good. However, like when I went back and listened to a bunch of the audio, 
you know, there's things that kind of went over my head, you know, when, when I wasn't a selector yet, or, you know, I didn't understand the intricacies of clashing and juggling and all these things. Um, so yeah. recently in the past years, I've been listening back to a lot of, uh, squingy dances and, you know, I'll compare him to a composer, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's leading the orchestra, you know, he, he's, uh, orchestrating strategies that a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? It, it definitely flew over my head, but, um, yeah, Squingy definitely one of the greatest of all times. And he could, he could clash by himself, juggle by himself, you know, I mean, there's so many things that you can get from his calmness. You know what I mean? Like Squingy was the type of guy that would just speak to the crowd, you know, line up segments. You know, I think he's the first selector that really, like I said, in the, in the um, sound system um, episode, you know, he, he would just ignore forwards because he had a, he had a, um, he had a strategy and he had a mission, you know? So Squingy's definitely on my top five of all time. Nice. Nice. Okay, so I have Squingy on my list, mm -hmm. so I'll have him listed as my second. And um, so Squingy, the world-famous Bass Odyssey crew from way out in the country. Rest in peace, Squingy. Um, we talked about Bass Odyssey at length on the Top 5 Sounds episode. So, you know, that's a well-oiled machine. You know what I'm saying? Very strategic. And Squingy just happened to be the master of making that look easy. You know what I'm saying? It was, he was effortless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't remember seeing Squingy really fret. You know what I'm saying? Even if Bass Odyssey was going to lo ultimately lose a dance, he would be saying things on the mic to kind of like glaze it over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like damage control type stuff. Um, Super intelligent. I mean, that's the one thing, probably the thing I'll rate the most about him is his intelligence. Um, the things he said on the mic, you know what I'm saying? Like like you said, he can do it all. He can mix, he can select, all that. But when he was talking on the mic, um, Squingy just made sense mm -hmm. most of the time. I mean, couldn't back him into a corner. He always would have like a way to, even if you outplayed him in a round, he would have a way of coming in and just saying a few words to turn the tide and then, you know what I'm saying? Put his team back on top. It's yeah, yeah. like amazing, yo. So, um, not many people that, that were as gifted as Squingy. And then, um, another thing that stands out in my mind is coming from Jamaica to New York, the way that he dealt with the New York crowds, you know, from the very first time was, it was shocking. <laughs> it's mm. like, yo, um, you know, Drew and, them on Rumble Talk, they talk about the Aki and Sawfish mm -hmm. <laughs> thing. So, you know, that's the the vibe of a real authentic Jamaican selector coming to New York and mm -hmm. getting, you know, more love than the local uh, New York-based selectors. You know what I'm saying? I think that probably, I feel like that started with Squingy. Like, that was like a base Odyssey-driven kind of thing that just continues now. Yeah, there was, there was, back in the days, there was a few of them, you know, but Squingy definitely was, is up there. Yeah, man. All right, so throw it back to you. Okay, cool. So 
you know, I guess that's a good segue into the next person. You know, I reluctantly <laughs> picked this person, but, you know, once again, you know, when I look back at his record, when I look back at, you know, similar to Squingy, very calm person, very comedic person, has definitely won a lot of competitions. And you talk about the Aki and Sawfish thing. You know, my first um, experience with this gentleman was actually, you know, he did a clash in Biltmore against Addis. And I just remember that cassette tape that, that the whole time, like the, I believe that was a summertime situation as well. We, we were playing that for like weeks. And this is the man, you know what I'm saying, reluctantly, Pink Panther, you know what I'm saying? Or Panther, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, he's definitely responsible for putting Black Cat uh, sound on the forefront. Um, basically, yeah, like, like Black Cat to me didn't stand out until, you know, Panther really put his stamp on it. You know, he went toe-to-toe with Trooper. He went toe-to-toe with Odyssey. Like I said, at ease in Brooklyn. And if you listen to that cassette, I mean, you know, he was getting just as much forwards, if not bigger forwards, you know, a lot, you know, especially when they played that, the, um, you know, the Chronicles and all that stuff. So yeah, Panther, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I wanted to be different, but you know, I would even edge out Panther better than Trooper just because, you know, I, I like, I like the, his character. You know, even though he probably cuts a lot of suspect dubs. <laughs> yeah. No, I rate uh, Panther as well for his creativity and ingenuity. You know, you call you just called it fake dubs. I just put a spin on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was resourceful. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, <laughs> he worked with what he had. Yeah, at least and, he didn't um, pretend to have a Bob Marley. No, he didn't. Um, that wasn't one of the things he pretended to have. And he was on the battlefield constantly. You know, he he was he's kind of like a Jimmy Spliff of the ages. Not Jimmy Spliff. I'm talking about um J- uh Young Hawk. Jamie, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The way Young Hawk just was notorious recently for taking a lot of clashes. So Black Cat, they've always been on the battlefield. You know what I'm saying? And then now that it's just Panther solo, same thing. Mm-hmm. So I rate them. You know what I'm saying? He would be in my top 10 for sure. Yeah. So third on my list, I'm Tony Mataran. Okay. On my list of top five Clash selectors. Okay. Now... Right now, 2021, Matheron is not my favorite person. It's, not my, it's been a while since I could list him amongst my favorites. But when we're talking all time, you know what I'm saying? I can't take away. It's the same thing with, um, similar with Trooper. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, I mean, you know, Trooper's not, these guys are what, what are called the, the, the dinosaurs. So, so far on my list, got, you know, a dead guy and two dinosaurs that, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, to me, they're kind of extinct. They're in the museum, but this is the museum list. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is the top five of all time. <laughs> so, all right. So, Mataron, coming from Brooklyn and 
being exposed to King Addy's. Yo, Addy's is just an amazing sound when Babyface and Mataran were teamed up. You know, that period of, of time right there is truly historic. They killed enough sounds. They killed everybody in America. They killed around the world. They went to Jamaica and, you know, that Portmore 95 battle that's still the most contested and controversial clash, you know, biggest clash in history <laughs> with them and Jaro. Oh, boy. But, yeah, Mataran was, he's credited as being the first selector that just talked regular on the mic. He wasn't following Rory from Stone Love or anybody else. You know what I'm saying? You just pick up the mic and just, you know, just he had his own cadence on the mic. And so it was very direct. Um, so he kind of brought in a new wave, a new style of selecting that's kind of, you know, based on the way that he conducted himself around the machine. Very jovial, lots of jokes, very personal. You know what I'm saying? He's very self-centered, <laughs> which comes across now as he's a solo selector. You know what I'm saying? Tony Matara. Like, it's, you know, he's just somebody that was made to do what he does. And he does what he, you know, what he does well. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I, I put Matt Teron on my list as well. You know, we had had a previous conversation about Matt Teron and, uh, you know, the current state of affairs <laughs> with in regards to Tony Matteron. But like, I, I actually put him on my list for a different reason. You know, I mean, when he was on King Addies, they had, you know, pretty much everything on dub, you know, one of the best um, selectors in terms of cutting and mixing and baby face and actually yeah. writing up tunes yeah. and everything. So that yeah. I'm not going to say I was ready made, but you know, um, King Addies is an, an, an institution, you know, so I give Mataran credit for what he did after he left Addies, you know, um, you know, okay. from being, you know, one of the first, if not the first selected to really have his own sound, you know, um, outside of Radigan and, you know, but like actually being on a sound and then going, um, solo, you know, the way the ingenuity that I saw him, uh, in the way he cut his dubs in the way that he had gimmicks and antics and chatting on the mic. And, you know, I give him a lot of credit. I, I even feel that Mataran, you know, uh, went into more of his stride after Addy's, you know, definitely a, mm -hmm. it was able to be a lot more creative, you know, because it's his sound, you know, I agree with you nowadays, you know, I'm not the biggest Tony Mataran fan. Um, however, like what he did with, with building up his own sound, you know, I think for me, that had a, a, a bigger impact on me than. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 
96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Even what he did in Addies. Okay. Yeah, yeah. One of the quickest sounds to to bust, right? Yeah. Because when he went solo, he like immediately was in big clashes. Yeah. You know saying? I mean, you know, hardcore juggling and then big clashes, so. Mm-hmm. That's true, you know. But I, I just think, in terms of what he did on at ease, yeah, it's the reason um, that I zeroed in on that period is because when you look at the before and after, yeah, yeah, definitely took a it's lot. Like when you have a, yeah, when you have a, you know, that's how you know the effect of a player on a team. Like you know, you put LeBron James to the Cavs, and then immediately. You know what I'm saying? They're mm-hmm. a contender for the championship for the whole time that he's there. And then he leaves and they go to the bottom of the league. Mm. <laughs> like, yo, honestly, that's <laughs> that was at ease, yo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody knew they had the dubs. Like you said, Babyface is a genius. But when Mataron stepped up, that's when I think they leapfrogged. Yeah, I agree. To like a, a completely different level. And if Mataron wasn't there, you're not getting the same show, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then once he left, like, they plummeted. And it took them several years to kind of rebuild in terms of their core um, for having, you know, selected and stuff. So Yeah, man. They definitely had some good draft picks. But, you know, once they went to the big leagues, didn't uh, quite pan out. Right. It's not easy, man. It's not easy. So you had Mataron on your list as well. So mm-hmm. what's that? Okay, that's the second one that we had in common. All right. So my next all-time Clash selector is Lynx. Mm-hmm. Fire Lynx started out as a young selector on Bodyguard Sound, Country Sound from Clarendon. Links alongside Johnny Guard. And yeah, I don't ever remember hearing like at that, in the time in the 90s when I started listening to The Clash, I didn't, I never heard Johnny talk on the mic, mm-hmm. right? Bodyguard. Bodyguard to me, it was just Links yelling. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yo, the way he hyped up dubs. Yo, he got Matt. Yo, he got some big forwards. You know what I'm saying? Like super energetic. Um, that's really the thing that stood out the most during the bodyguard period for me was just his his energy and um his witty his wit, uh, jokes. You know what I'm saying? Like he could really attack another selector and you know say something super funny and just pick on you and just <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Gosh. You know, he he would demoralize somebody. 
um, if given a chance in the Clash Arena. So, and then uh, once he left Bodyguard and went solo, his creativity, like you said, you know, expanded. And then you really saw ingenuity and he's doing, you know, things he's, you could tell, you know, he's writing, he's orchestrating, he's mixing down, he's producing, um, you know, later started producing rhythms of his own. Um, and his sound is a movement. Like Lynx is not, Lynx, I think he strikes fear in the heart of his opponents. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like he'll, it'll be a long day going up against him if you're not prepared. Um, Cause he usually is. So, you know what I'm saying? Like the energy and the power, like the whole fire sound thing, even when he's juggling, it's like he has a way of connecting with the crowd and, and getting massive responses, massive forwards. So, you know, very powerful select AO by yeah. Lynx. I mean, obviously he's also on my list. Um, you know, you made the basketball reference to me. And here's the thing that I don't hear a lot, you know, I think for some reason, Lynx doesn't get as much props as he should. To me, he's Lynx, underrated. Yeah, to me, Lynx is like, I'm, I'm going to say it, he's like the Michael Jordan to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just in my opinion. Because, like, he can do it all and he does it all well. You know what I'm saying? The most unique selector MC, you know, he production is crazy. Um, you know, he's he's been an artist. Um I've I've heard him win forty five shootouts. You know mm -hmm. he's definitely win it, won his sh fair share of clashes. He's humiliated people. You know um, I, I'm sad that I wasn't live in person to see him take on Soul Supreme because you know that's like the that audio that, that's like never coming out. Yeah, that's like looking for uh, where uh, what's his name is buried. You know the the Union dude. <laughs> oh, Jim, uh, Jim Jim Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But links to me like. If I was really honest, uh, uh, that's probably my favorite selector. You know what I mean? And he's never, ever, ever fallen off. You know, he's the yeah. one, you know, for better or worse, that had a bunch of selectors t uh, screaming, you know, because they mm -hmm. went, you know, I mean, I didn't mind when he did it, but when every single selector that was coming up uh, at a certain time was screaming, you know, I'm like, yo, it, it's kind of like having the exact same dub as a, another sound. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know who's the originator, you know, so stop screaming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, to me, uh, on my list, this is my, my favorite selector, and I, I wish I could hear more of him. Like, I, th it's one of the few people that, um, yeah, I'm actually, I, like, he, 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 I don't know, for some reason, he doesn't have, like, a bunch of audio out re recently, but, you know, he still does it well. You know, last time I've listened, I listened to something last year, you know, very recent, just, just juggling, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, you know. I, I don't know what else to say about Lynx except, you know, in my opinion, I've never see, seen him be whack ever. You know, uh, he's True. lost, you know, but but I've never seen him get like humili humiliated or defeated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. True that. True that. Never whack. All right. So my last sum up to number five now. Mm hmm. I actually had like four names down on the list. Mm -hmm. Okay. One, two, three, four. 
maybe five. And Panther was one of them, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to put Panther on my list. Okay? I'm actually going to put Radigan. Okay. David Radigan. David Radigan from the UK. BBC Radio Man, Radio One guy. You know, got into sound system and started cutting dubs, you know, long time. When the 80s, 70s, the famous Radigan versus Barry G radio clash, 85. I didn't know about this in 85, but I know about it now. This is still one of the most famous. This is still one of the most coveted, you know, one of the most notorious events in our history, in the history of our music, not just Clash. Yeah, they, they <laughs> you know took I mean? it on the road. Yeah, so, you know, that alone, but then to exist in the 90s, you know, we talk about, by like 90s song Clash, mm-hmm. he was all up in there, yo. Like, he was going toe-to-toe with the best of them. You know what I'm saying? Around the world, not just like in his hometown or anything like that. He was going around the world, putting on shows and his dubs and his performance stood up with the rest of them. You know, we talked about the downbeat um, last weekend, the downbeat Radigan dance, you know, Radigan is somebody that in the height of Squingy's career, in the height of Trupa's career, you know, he was battling with these guys being victorious in some cases even down in Jamaica you know what I'm saying in the, in the Mecca so for that reason Radigan is going to command one of the highest prices to play out for any you know current selectors he's going to command you know he can command whatever he wants. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got to put respect on his name, yo. And if he's showing up, he's going to put on a show. So I rank him on my list over Panther mm-hmm. because I feel like he could kill Panther. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's. Uh, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. Okay. Are you done? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> nah, I, I respect Radigan, you know what I'm saying, and what he's done and what he's been able to do and the level he's been able to do it at. You know, he's somebody that, you know, um, he's a gentleman. He's not phased by a lot. You know, it's not for him. I think it's more um, putting the music on the showcase and, um you know, a little bit of uh, sport, not sportsmanship, but what, what's what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it's a little bit of theatrics, you know, he's come out in the costumes and stuff like that. And, you know, definitely had speeches to match dubs. And, you know, I really respect Radigan. I think he's a, a, a gift to the culture. However, when it comes to top five, uh, you know, my the last uh, person on my list has done similar things and I feel like, you know, doesn't have the, the, the amount of time in the business that Radigan has, you know, you talk about Radigan being a, a presenter on radio from, you know, before we were born, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a statesman, you know, 
However, this last selector on my list, I think has put in his dues, you know, has done similar things with uh, antics, um, has jokes, uh, a very full uh, and complex selector. And the person I'm talking about is Sammy T of Mighty Crowd. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he was on my on my extended list. Yeah. So for me, Sammy T. First of all, when when I first discovered Mighty Crown was also, you know, I th it was around the it was the first World Clash. Was it, that was the first one or or was it the second one? Yeah, it yeah. was the first, first one, one, right? Um, and I was impressed by. I think it was the first one. Well, whatever. Um, Ninety nine, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. You know, um, first of all, you know, the fact that it was a Japanese sound, the fact that um, the way they cut their dubs, you know, we I, we spoke about Mighty Crown, you know, in the in, in the in the sound system episode. But Sammy T in particular, because for a while, when Mighty Crown first came out, it was Sammy T and Master Simon and they would trade off, you know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when they traded off, no disrespect to, um, you know, Simon, but, uh, you know, I remember when they traded off, like, I'll be like, yo, what, what is going on here? Why, why did even put this other person on the microphone right now? And I think it was just a, a, you know, tag team type of thing. And then I think, uh, early on, they realized that Sammy T was the guy to just, you know, represent the sound on the microphone. You know, he's been able to, um, I don't know. I just, he's a comedian. He's a sportsman. He, you know, talented. The dubs are crazy. The timing is crazy. The strategy sometimes, you know, when, when, you know, he does something similar to Squingy and something similar to even, uh, you know, Jake's and those people who, who are able to have conversations with the crowd, you know, and have the crowd with them. You know, um, I don't know. It, I, I, I can't bring up particular clashes. It's just, it's just that Sammy T has always, to me, been a great performer. And then coupled with the fact that, you know, they probably have every dub, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? From every artist that was alive, you know, from they started the sound, you know, um, combinations are crazy. Uh, yeah. Sammy any anytime he's on a dance, you know, I would say hardcore clash, you know, not so much juggling, but hardcore, you know, meaning mostly dub plates or, or sound clash, you know, I thoroughly enjoy um, um, Sammy and his antics. I thought long and hard about putting Sammy T, but for me, the reason that I didn't is because, you know, I didn't really have the distinction in my mind like you do. Mm. So I actually, I wrote down Sammy slash Simon. Yeah. Because for me, it's more of a mighty crown thing. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? That's why I was like, I can't really have him like in my top five because he's not, he's not that. The whole time you're talking, I'm trying to picture Sammy T movements. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Sammy T like solo kind of a thing going in and I just... You know, I'm not really picturing it. So yeah, I mean, basically. <laughs> so I, but I get what you're saying yeah. about his effect on the dance, his ability to make the speeches and stuff like that, and his personality, mad funny, mad cool. 
connecting with the crowd, especially in the places where he needed to, you know, Brooklyn, New York, Jamaica, you know what I mean? He was able to do it. Yeah. Repeatedly. Just just to clarify, outside of like, you know, Ninja selecting for him certain times, like it basically has been Sammy T movements. You know, Simon took a, a back seat a long time ago. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, I get your point. You know, Mighty Crown as yeah. an entity is definitely big, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think of I th- do think about Ninja Crown mm-hmm. and I think about even Chin. So, yeah. you know. And nothing against Sammy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. All right. So that's our top five lists. Again, Agard has listed Squingy, Pink Panther, Tony Mataron, Firelings, and Sammy mm-hmm. T. And you know I'm saying I have Trooper, Squingy, Mataron, Firelinks. So you know there's some overlap in three of the top mm-hmm. five. And then I listed David Rodigan as well. Yeah, man. So yeah, honorable mentions for me for Clash, you know, yeah, it would be Sammy. Um, right now, I would say Kingpin mm-hmm. from the current King IDs. Um, and I would say the African mm-hmm. Crocodile, you know what I'm saying? Dynamic. I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? And then I would also list the, have to say Lukko Shaba. Mm-hmm. And that's it for me. That's Those Those would be my honorable mention. Other than like, you know, just shouts out to Tony Screw. You know, you, you're my guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I have a few honorable mentions as well. Um, definitely Kirky C from Poison Art. You know, okay. um, Kirky C, you know, when you talk about a sound owner that knows his sound and, and really, you know, I've seen him in clashes that, you know, he didn't win, but it's not like, you know, he's trailing off in last place or nothing. You know what I'm saying? He's a veteran. He could juggle by himself he could clash by himself i think he actually prefers to clash by himself you know so kirky c is definitely an honorable mention i know you're probably going to be surprised with this one but um i would have to say jamie Younghawk, you know um because i, I mean just the, what he's able to do you know with how many clashes he's had you know over the years i mean in one year he he probably has more clashes than most sounds have in two or three years um so for their career yeah but for him to be able to do that and still use a lot of the same dubs it's not like they're cutting a million dubs all the time it's like he's finding ways to make it seem like you know the way he's doing it is fresh you know he has he has argument you know he's he's also a sportsman He's an actual Sound Clash fan. Like I've seen Jamie in dances that he's not participating in. And he's one of the first ones to, you know, give forwards or, you know, it's to him, it's a legitimate sport, you know. Um, And, you know, he has a lot of heart. Um, Yeah, so those are my two honorable mentions. Definitely Kirk and 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 Jamie, Jamie Hawk of the Young Hawk family, you know. Okay, okay. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Reggae Lover Podcast was produced by Andres Agard and Aubrey Khalil Agard. Visit ReggaeLover.com for full show notes, archives, and more information. If you're interested in a sponsorship or donation, please email info at ReggaeLover.com. Follow us on Instagram at ReggaeLover Podcast. Like our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash ReggaeLover Podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.